and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed by women, which prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I am your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the girl who gets all the dirty spam texts, Ariel. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I love that introduction. It's a great thing right? for people to know about me. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about that on the show maybe yeah we have okay, right. <laughs> hopefully that wasn't just like a total non-sequitur no. <laughs> so how have you been i've been doing okay you know yeah. getting by i actually just got off the phone with my dad right before we recorded uh-huh and i gotta tell you this okay so do you remember when we saw overlord that zombie nazi movie of course and I told, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I told my dad that he should watch it. And then a week later, he called me and said, how could you have made me watch this movie? It's terrible. <laughs> At which point I found out he had watched a different movie called Overlord. Oh, and was no. really upset about it. So last week I told my dad that he should watch The Babysitter, that Netflix movie. Oh, no. Because I thought he would like it. Today he called me to say, Ariel, did you mean to recommend this movie to me? Because it's really weird. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what did you watch, Dad? And he said, The Babysitter. And so I described what the plot of The Babysitter was. And he was like, no, it's not about that. It's about this girl who's like in love with the guy she's babysitting for. And it's like all this weird sexual stuff. He was watching the Alicia Silverstone Babysitter (gasps) movie. Yeah. <laughs> How did this happen twice? I don't know. <laughs> you guys got to compare notes yeah. right away. <laughs> if you don't see this thing happen in the first five minutes, that you're watching, watching the, the wrong, wrong one. <laughs> oh, God, your poor dad. He's probably like, why are you such a creep? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, that, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't have that kind of relationship with my parents because they're not into horror movies, but I can't even imagine how embarrassed I would be if I sent my dad a sexy movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just Holy like, I swear shit. that is not the one that I meant, Dad. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, I actually got out of the house this week. I'm very excited to say. Ooh. Yeah, I went to a drive-in Halloween-themed drag show. That sounds so cool. It was super fun. It's basically... You know, I don't know. Is this our future where you have to remain like everybody is the boy in the bubble? (laughs) Oh, God, I hope not. That's so sad. It also kind of made me think, am I living in cars land? You know what I mean? Because it was a stage and then just tons of cars. Instead of (laughs) clapping, everyone was honking. That's so weird. It was really <laughs> weird. But it was also amazing. It was really fun. It was kind of a drive-in setup where, you know, all of the audio came through your car stereo. Oh, nice. You would hear the MC talking and all that kind of stuff would come through the car stereo. And then you could tip them by sending money via Venmo. Mm. It was a very strange 2020 experience. But it was also just like super, super, super nice to get out of the house and right. put on something that was not just leggings and a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like put on actual <laughs> yeah. clothes. Put on makeup all that kind of stuff and get out but then also feel totally safe yeah which was nice because usually anything you do there's some degree of risk you don't know if somebody's gonna act stupid and come yell at you without their mask on or whatever the case may be you're just exposed and for the most part you know go outside it's safe but there is that small amount of risk right that Um, weighs on your mind yeah yeah and so to be able to go to an event and see a performance I realized how much I totally missed that and to be able to do that 
and feel 100% fine afterwards and not have that, you know, as I'm falling asleep, have I been infected? Anxiety <laughs> was <Yeah>. pretty amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is definitely not what I want the rest of my life to be like, but I think it's an interesting adaptation of how we can get through the next six months or whatever until we are all vaccinated for real. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yeah, it was really, it was actually super, super fun. Like it was a Halloween themed one. So it was a seance. Ooh. So Asia O'Hara was the MC, And so she came out and had this glowing crystal ball. And she would tell these like, they were all pretty much based on urban legends. Mm-hmm. So she would come out and tell little stories and then she would summon someone and one of the performers would come out and do a dance number. And they would be, you know, in spooky clothes. And oh, it, that's so fun. Yeah, it was really fun. There was like a scary clown and, and somebody did a song from Wicked and flew around on cables. And <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Aquaria came out and was a tortured patient who had died in a hospital. And so she had a full rhinestone hospital smock on <laughs> which awesome. of course became a tearaway <laughs> and then uh kim chi was someone who was depressed after a breakup and ate so much chocolate she exploded so she had fully rhinestoned intestines hanging out of the front of her oh my was, gosh that sounds yeah. really great it was really fun like i said though i felt a little bit like one of the extras in cars you know <laughs> where, where, you know where you'll see them when they're racing and then the people are in the stands kind of right. jumping around and honking with that was us <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than Wally, -E, but yeah, <laughs> it's I do weird. kind of feel like we're in a weird pixel Venn diagram of Wally -E and, <laughs> and cars. You know, our planet is being destroyed, and we are also living in our in our cars. We're oh, all becoming symbiotes so of our cars. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it was the highlight of my week. <laughs> nice. Well, that's great. Yeah. What are you gonna do? All right. So we are gonna be talking about a new film. Freshly out on VOD called 12 Hour Shift, and it's directed by Bria Grant. So, because it's brand new, we want to make very clear what our spoiler policy is around here. Ariel, what is our spoiler policy? We spoil everything. <laughs> All of it. Every <laughs> twist, every turn. We're going to spoil it. We're going to talk about it. So if you want to see this movie and you want to go unspoiled, this is your time to press pause. Go rent it. It's a couple bucks on Amazon Prime. If you can't find it, head over to the Zombie Girls calendar. We will direct you there very nicely and then come back and listen to our review because we're going to talk about it all. Yes. All right. Okay. So it is my turn to do all of the homework. And like we always talk about this being our favorite part of the show because we've learned so much about these filmmakers. And let me tell you, you are about to learn about another amazing, super interesting woman who I am now completely obsessed with. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Bria Grant. All right. So she is an actress, writer, filmmaker from Texas originally. She studied at the University of Texas in Austin, where she received a master's degree in American studies. So that's a little surprising. Yeah. Uh, it's a little twisty twist. I always think it's interesting to see a lot of people go from a fine arts background or, you know, some sort of arts background into these. So it's always funny when there's someone who's got a totally surprising degree. Right. Or obviously they didn't plan on this being their career originally. Right. And it kind of tracks because her journey to becoming a filmmaker actually started on a whim. Oh. She was, yeah, she was living in Austin and went going through like a really, really bad breakup. Things were just not working out for her in her life. So she just said, screw it. I'm going to LA and I'm going to pursue a career in acting and see what happens. And it didn't take very long. She got a job as a waitress and she landed her first break in the series Friday Night Lights. 
which wow. ironically brought her back to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always think that's so brave of people, though, when they just pick up and leave their life behind and move right? on to something new. Yeah. Right. I know. I know. I mean, yeah, I guess you, you've at least lived a few different places. I've always lived in the Bay Area. So one of the things I definitely want to do at some point in my life is just basically pick up my life and live somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. You never know. What yeah. 2021? <laughs> so she's probably most recognizable for her acting career. She's had roles in, like I said, Friday Night Lights, as well as Heroes and a ton of horror films like After Midnight, A Ghost Story, Beyond the Gates, a bunch of stuff. Oh, she was in After Midnight? Yeah, she's, I think, the main girl. Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, but acting is not her only creative output. She also wrote and starred in the series The Real Housewives of Horror for the Nerdist. She was a producer on the series Eastsiders, which earned her a Daytime Emmy nomination. Wow, that's impressive. And that's not all. She also was a huge comic book nerd and credits her love of comic books for introducing her to the horror genre. So it's, you know, not surprised that when she went on to create two comic book series, they were both kind of in the horror genre. The first one was called We Will Bury You that she created with her brother Zane Grant. And it's about a lesbian couple living in a world besieged by zombies in an alternate version of the 1920s. Okay, I really want to read that now. That sounds really great. Isn't that so rad? Yeah. It's not so much about their relationship as sort of trying to push society forward. I think she has a very feminist perspective in everything that she does. That's something that's very important to her. And so it also is in her comics. The other yeah. comic also I think you're going to be super interested was for the Suicide Girls. And it's called Mary. And it's about the great, 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 great granddaughter of Mary Shelley. And Ooh. she's like a 16-year-old who discovers that she has the power to heal monsters. Oh my gosh, that sounds really, really awesome too. Right? Yeah. So I want to definitely read them both. check those out. Those are both out and available. They're both mini series, so you can read them start to finish. Nice. So, in addition to all of this, she also is the host of a long running weekly podcast called Reading Glasses, which she co hosts with Mallory O'Meara, and it's a podcast for book lovers that tackles all of your book related problems, like how to fit reading into a busy life. Uh, or how to get out of a reading slump, or what to do if somebody keeps interrupting you when you're just freaking trying to read. <laughs> <laughs> I could use that advice. <laughs> right? So I'm definitely going to check out that podcast because, I, like I said, I'm completely obsessed with her after learning all about her. Yeah, she sounds fascinating. So many different varied interests. Right. Okay. So then, of course, obviously, there's her filmmaking career. So while Grant loved being an actor, she found that she was spending a ton of time on set just sitting around doing nothing and during that time her creative juices were just flowing 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 and she kind of came to this conclusion that she wanted to create her own stuff where she wouldn't have to wait for permission to do something from anybody else and 12 hour shift is actually her second feature film her first one was called best friends forever which was a dark sci-fi comedy about two best friends on a road trip when a nuclear apocalypse kicks off Mm, interesting yes it was made on a shoestring budget and she kind of had to learn on the job how to both act and direct at the same time which i would imagine is probably pretty challenging yeah sounds like it (laughs) yes and she said that her roots as an actor have influenced her style as a director in that she really works hard to empower her actors and 
to say and do what they think that their character would do. So she also does this thing where she does a director's take and then she does an actor's take where they can do whatever they want. They can say, they can change the script. They can do whatever they want. And, you know, some of them really love that. Some of them don't, but it encourages them to really get into their character. And she's perfectly happy to adjust the script and take improvisation into accord. And she feels like the screenplay is kind of something that's like a living document that as the movie goes on, if something really cool happens on set, she will adjust to it. That's really great because I feel like in order to do that successfully, you would really have to take your ego out of the picture Mm -hmm. in order to be willing to let this vision that you have be changed by other people. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, again, it comes back to being an actor, right? So she can kind of really see herself in both places. And I don't know, you're right, there's a a lack of ego that you need, because a lot of times you think of directors, they're kind of like, we're running the show. Yes, very much so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's pretty cool. So after that, she directed some episodes of TV and some shorts. And now she actually has another movie that was in the same festival as 12 hour shift that she wrote and starred in called lucky it's another horror film yay yeah and that one's about a woman who believes she's being stalked by a mysterious figure that returns to her house every night and it's actually inspired by something that actually happened in grant's real life which is that she had a stalker Oh, my God. Yes. And during the time that she had the stalker and she was going through the court proceedings to deal with him, her house got robbed by someone totally different, right? And she called the police to go through the process of dealing with this robbery. And the police officer showed up and was like, well, you're just lucky you didn't get raped. Okay. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) So, hence the name Lucky. Those two sort of experiences are the basis of this sort of surreal horror film about this woman being stalked by a mysterious black figure. Wow, that sounds interesting, too. Yes. And it was directed by Natasha Kermani. So... Needless to say, we're very excited to check that out. Yeah. ASAP when it dis- <laughs> and it's going to be on Shutter in 2021. So, oh, perfect. Future episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, back to 12, 12 hour shift. Okay. So, like Lucky, this also had some personal inspiration behind it. Grant said that she was inspired by the nurses who cared for her elderly father. She spent a bunch of time with him in the hospital. Uh, and it reminded her a lot of growing up in East Texas and made her want to write a version a sort of a love letter to her home and to the nurses. And here's a quote. She said, I kept watching these nurses, mostly women who are heroes. They made me feel better. And I could tell they were grumpy with me half of the time because I was being very irritating, but it's just the things they have to put up with. Just my situation alone is crazy. And one good thing she said that has come out of all this nonsense with COVID is that people are finally seeing exactly how much nurses do for us and have to endure and that's something that was, you know, she was very moved by. Uh, man, as far as I think COVID affecting her, basically all of the film festivals that these were supposed to, her two movies are supposed to be in, like got canceled right in a row. They were supposed to premiere at South by Southwest, and then they were supposed to also be at Telluride. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awful. Right? All right. So this movie was shot in Jonesboro, Arkansas, over 18 days in a working hospital. Oh, wow. I did not expect you to say that. Right? Okay, so apparently there was a floor that was about to be renovated and wasn't being used at the time. So they just went and they asked, you know, can we take this over for a month? And she's like, you know, the beauty of shooting in a small town, they'll just say, 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they used the the floor, half of it they used for their offices and to house the actors and, you know, to do all of their production offices. And then the other half they actually shot in. So she said it was total dream come true because that's just not something you get to experience as an indie filmmaker. Yeah. To have something so convenient as that. As far as casting, she really, really wanted to get Angela Bettis in the movie who plays Mandy, the main character in this. And she's because she's been a huge fan of Bettis, like all of us ever since May. Yeah. And so she sent the script to Bettis's team. And originally the character was a little bit younger. She was the same age as the Regina character. So the team kind of just passed on. They're like, I don't think that Bettis would be into this. But Grant was determined to get her. So she actually went around them. And she's like, I don't recommend doing this, but I did. <laughs> uh, and reached out to Bettis through their mutual friend, Amber ben Benson, who Buffy fans will know is Tara. Yes. Mm -hmm. Benson passed the script to Bettis, who read it and loved it and immediately got on board. So the movie is set in the 1990s, in part because... It's based on people who Grant actually knew in the 90s, and so she wanted to keep them true to the characters who sort of inspired them, but also because she wanted to go back to this history of urban legends that she grew up with and totally believed were true in the 90s, because mm -hmm. she's a 90s kid like us. And not only did she believe that they were true, but she believed they happened in her town. And so 12-hour shift definitely is inspired by a lot of that. She also wanted with this movie to make a story about women who were anti-heroes and as a feminist she believes we need to have parody and so it's great to have female characters who you can put on a pedestal like you know rgb whatever but at the same time she also wanted to have some really flawed characters that you would also find a way to root for because women are people and people have flaws and so that's kind of what gender parody for her is about that's great and, yeah and that's a about it for production except for just to say that the movie's out now on vod so check it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right what do you think of of uh all that i know that was yeah. a lot of information normally i don't <laughs> have that much and i was just kind of like oh my god details 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 yeah no that was great and i think it's so interesting the part of, that you said about the urban legends because i was yeah. thinking about that while watching the movie that you heard so many stories about organs getting stolen and Mm -hmm. people winding up in ice baths you know with yeah. their kidneys gone <laughs> and there's like a handful of little ones peppered throughout and they're things that and, and i have this in my notes about how in some ways this movie is sort of speaking the language of my youth because they're all sort of urban legends i definitely grow up hearing right. from like you said the kidneys in a bathtub but also, there's a whole line about Marilyn Manson being the kid from Wonder Years and stuff. Right. I can remember when yeah, people that's thought right. that. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the flesh-eating bacteria right. stuff. There's a handful of moments in this where she sort of either directly or indirectly refers to these urban legends that I was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember when that was a thing. Yeah. 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 All right. So before we get into our review, why don't you give us a synopsis serial? Sure. All right. So Mandy is a nurse at a small hospital who's struggling with a drug addiction. So in order to feed her habit, she's gotten herself involved in a very shady group of guys doing organ trafficking. She and a fellow nurse, Karen, find patients who are on death's door and they inject them with bleach and then take their organs and sell them to the traffickers. 
So Hannah enlists her cousin Regina to act as a delivery driver, but she's really flaky. And one night she leaves a kidney on the ground outside the hospital and it goes missing. So the <laughs> the mob boss guy threatens Regina's life if she doesn't bring him a kidney that night. So she heads Played back by to the Nick hospital. Wrestling's Nick Foley. Yes. <laughs> so weird. I know. I love it. So as Mandy tries to find another kidney without getting caught, the situation is made worse when the police bring in a murderer who they handcuff to a hospital bed and her cousin, who keeps trying to solve the problem herself by killing people and cutting out the incorrect organs. <laughs> the night becomes a bigger and bigger mess as the hours tick by until the mob boss guys come looking for them. There's also a killer on the loose in the hospital. Yes. <laughs> There's so much going on. <laughs> so are you familiar with Mick Foley at all? No, not really. He's my partner's favorite all-time wrestler. Oh, okay. And so I saw when I saw he was going to be in the movie, I was very excited for him to be surprised. And he was. But <laughs> he reminds me a little bit of Dave Bautista, where he's just the loveliest person in real life. Aww. So he is very involved with Rain, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. That is his main passion is to do advocacy around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a lovely person. And as we do, we, I watched a bunch of interviews with Bree Grant. And she told the story about how on the set, you know, they're shooting in a small town. And when you're shooting in a small town, people just show up. It's rare to have movie productions in your little tiny town in, you know, backwoods, Arkansas, right? So people just kind of show up and word got out that he was on set because he was only on set for one day, that he was on set for the day. And people went nuts. And there were tons of people showing up. And he shot his scenes, but he also just spent the entire day just talking with the people, signing just autograph after autograph after autograph after autograph and then when he was done he went through the hospital and met with all the patients oh my god yeah that's so, so he's sweet. a freaking doll so he's an imposing looking dude but at the same time i was just like you're too sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait so did he play the mob boss guy or the one that comes to the hospital later with mob the boss. tail? Mob okay, boss. that's what I thought. Which okay. I don't know if you noticed that half of his ear is missing. No, I didn't notice that. So that got rubbed off with barbed wire in one of his matches. I'm sorry. Did you say rubbed off? Uh-huh. <sighs> okay. So enough about Mick Foley. What did you think of the movie? What did you think of 12 Hour Shift? Okay. So... I am somewhat predisposed to not liking anything set in the hospitals. I right. just don't like it. Even as a kid, my mom and stepmom were really into like ER and Chicago Hope. And I just always felt like I was just stewing in human misery watching those okay. kinds of shows. Okay. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Which I know sounds weird because I do spend a good deal of my free time watching true crime documentaries. So. Right, right. I guess that's true. <laughs> I, I hate to inform you. The horror genre has a little human misery. <laughs> yeah, just a touch. Just a touch. So... <laughs> But I know how it is. It's like how I can't watch a war movie because it's just too fucking real. Yes, exactly. I got you. I so understand. I went into this not sure how much I was going to like it. Oh. And it's a weird movie. Oh, but I yes. Oh, yes. love this movie. Oh, I'm so glad I also really like <laughs> oh, this movie. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I feel like. sure you were going to say you didn't like no, it. No, <laughs> no. Oh, yay. This, okay, this will be a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like this movie so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's imperfect. There are things oh, that, sure. that weren't great about it, too. But overall, I just 
really, really liked it. Oh, and it surprised fun. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. I like this movie quite a bit. I had some concerns early on. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure of the vibe. But once I kind of got into what exactly was being presented to me and that it was very much almost a time capsule of the 90s as well as taking place in the 90s, it started to remind me a lot of the movies that I would pick up totally on a whim at Blockbuster Video on a Saturday night. I was like, oh, yes. I know what we're doing here. This is a total indie crime heist from the 90s. Oh, yeah, I- I'm into this. And then it goes weird places, like has musical numbers and stuff that I was not not expecting yeah Um, but i i yeah i found myself very charmed by this and by the end of it very on board with it but i also like you i recognize it has flaws and i and you know i don't know that everybody is going to be as willing to jump on the whole anti-hero vibe because there is you know they do not try to redeem these characters ever there's no interest in that which i actually find more interesting but it could be off-putting so i was like We'll see. We'll see what you think. So I'm <laughs> delighted to hear you had fun with it too, because you know, you're allowed to not like things, but it's fun when we both are on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, this movie really surprised me, and I think that you're right about them not ever redeeming the characters, and that mm-hmm. does make it more interesting. You don't really get a backstory for any of them. You get right. you know tiny little bits of things, but not much for you to hang on to or for you to even kind of sympathize because maybe she's doing this so she can support her kid or something. There's none of that involved. Right. There's no, they, yeah, I mean, what is the motivation? We know with Angela Bettis's character, but there's right. no sort of trying to moralize the things that they're doing by being like, well, she has starving children or she's trying to support this family member who's in the hospital. No, no. No. Nope. <laughs> we're not interested in that in this story. And I kind of feel like, a lot of times you can have those kinds of male characters who don't need to have some sort of moralizing around them and still root for them. And I, I didn't know when I watched it that that was what was happening, but I felt it. I was like, oh, OK, I see this is a very specific choice to not give them any sort of redemption. And I, I felt it felt fresh. I really enjoy that. And I think it also lends to that sort of one crazy night kind of a movie where you're just sort of dropped down in the middle of this one day. And so you don't get any more information than that. Right. And the performances are so great. Angela Bettis is awesome. I mean, she just has this very kind of quiet, dry delivery for everything. But it works so well in contrast to the utter chaos that's going on around her throughout the entire movie. Right. And her back and forth with both the cousin Regina and (laughs) Karen the other nurse is great Mm -hmm. yeah it's just (laughs) her delivery with Karen is so interesting and funny they have like a few different moments where they're just kind of both done with the day and it just keeps going on that I found really enjoyable and oh my god I love Regina so much yeah, she was the one I took me the longest to get on board with, but by oh, okay. the end, I was so into her. Because yeah. at first I was just kind of like, uh, Angela Bettis already had kind of some degree of, I, I already liked her just because she was Angela Bettis and I love sure. Angela Bettis. Sure. And Karen, immediately I loved that character. I think, you know, she is a boss bitch. She is hilarious, but she's... And she is sort of morally ambiguous, but at the same time has a particular kind of warmth that makes her lovable. Yeah. And she feels, you know, also, these are also characteristics that make her a great nurse. So she feels very much like a real character. Uh, Whereas Regina is sort of like the upside down evil version of Chrissy from Three's Company. 
Oh, well, wow. <laughs> that's a I great wrong? description. No, that's, that's kind of perfect. <laughs> but by the end of it, her comedic timing is so good. And so the way good. that they, the three characters bounce off each other, I uh, by the end of it, I really loved her. And I was like, how could I have not have liked her from the beginning? I, I don't know. I, I just, it took me, I don't know, five minutes to fall in love with her, whereas everybody else I was in love in minute one. But Right. I just found myself being completely charmed by yeah. her humor and She's her delivery. Funny. And yeah, she was really, really funny. I kind of want a spinoff movie about her. Oh my God. You, I almost wish that her and David Arquette did actually go off, like speed yes. off together in that pink corvette at the end. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> David yeah. Arquette's also pretty great in this. Yeah. it's so He's a producer on this. And so when I okay. thought him, I thought he was going to have a bigger role. Me too. But he's just there temporarily, but he has some really great lines. Mm-hmm. And every time he's on screen, he's in there just enough. It's perfect. Yeah. So it's he really pops perfect. In, you feel like he's the hero of his own movie that is happening off screen. <laughs> yes. He just pops in at one point to knock out a cop and disappears <laughs> for a little and then shows up with a knife and then disappears for a little while. But every time it's always a fun surprise. And I also liked the kind of dynamic between him and the women where they were just like letting him do his thing they were just like i i don't have time for this shit yeah there's a killer on the loose and i just fucking tired i gotta get this kidney out of this dude (laughs) who has time to deal with this serial killer right now yeah and his his physicality was really funny Mm -hmm. too the end part where she knocks him down and he's kind of like struggling on the ground that was really funny i was just gonna use her to get out of here yeah (laughs) wasn't gonna hurt her (laughs) he was funny also i don't know what's wrong with me but i found myself physically attracted to david oh no no oh no 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 I'm really? so okay. 100% okay, okay good. You. No, I don't like, feel bad. This is an ongoing, <laughs> ongoing problem. Yeah. It all Forever and always. Even a little <laughs> bit in Ravenous. Right. Yes. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're not alone. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love the scene in the morgue where the cop comes in and catches her. Stu- like Yes, I was just about to talk about <sighs> that because it's in my notes with a bullet point. I love that scene so much. It's so dark <laughs> and is. so funny, but there's all this physical comedy of them trying to lift up this guy off the ground and she's covered in blood and he's covered in blood. I think what's so funny about that too is that it's so true that people find nurses and doctors like what they do so mystifying that he just totally buys that this is a normal thing you got a dead body on the ground he's been cut up you're covered in blood but it's okay because you're just doing your job (laughs) that's what you do right (laughs) (laughs) this movie every time you you think it's gonna zig it zags yes and in a way that that, but that (laughs) plays into the humor yeah i think i know what you're gonna talk about next go for it so then she kind of realizes that if she flirts with him things are gonna work better in her favor and she starts (laughs) flirting with the cop now her hands she's wearing gloves but they are drenched in blood (laughs) just absolutely drenched and she walks up to the cop he's offered her soda she takes it from his hands with her bloody hands and kind of like strokes i know he's like he's so torn because he's like yes female contact no yeah. bloody female contact. <laughs> it's so funny that cop is really funny as well yeah he is he is very very funny yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just this 
cast of weirdos having the worst night ever, except that at the same time, it's maybe not because sort of the overall theme of this movie is as a nurse, you just never know what madness the night is going to bring. Right. Because like the opening line of the movie is the other nurse being like, wow, what a crazy night we had. And then the movie ends with her sleeping in the car and then getting up and going back to work. I love that. Another day. I know the end of this is so good. (laughs) Yeah, it really, really is. But I love that it goes back and forth between these this dark stuff and then this really funny stuff. I mean, right. Regina removing this guy's bladder accidentally oh and stuffing and it inside it her, her panties. underwear. <laughs> so funny. And she's just got it in her hand, like a little sack made out of her underwear. <laughs> yeah, there, it, it is hilarious. And it's just this fun little gritty, gory crime yeah. movie. I don't know. With a surprise musical in the middle. It's just... Or right. I, apparently, they were trying to get all of this 90s music for the movie, and either, you know, it wasn't going to work out, or it was too expensive, or whatever the case may be. So they just were like, well, there's this chapel we're not really using. Why don't we just... Sing, you know there's two people in the, the movie that sing really well <laughs> let's just make a little song and so they made just a little song that's so funny and i do love that little emt he only has a very bit part in the movie the emt character but every yeah. time he was on screen was really funny you could almost make a tv series about this this is the darker version of nurse betty yeah i also thought the score was really good too i thought yes. it, was, it was interesting the weird kind of chanting stuff that would happen right mm-hmm. before a really tense moment i thought yeah. that was great it really worked for me so the soundtrack for this was done by matt glass who was also the cinematographer for the movie oh that's interesting right you Isn't usually don't cool? have two people one person doing those jobs yeah and they're actually putting out a limited vinyl version of the soundtrack of this movie oh. so if you're really into it yeah it can be got <laughs> in like the most hipster way possible right. <laughs> <laughs> um I also really liked all of the times where the TV was playing in the background. And it was everybody freaking out on the news about oh Y2K. I know. <laughs> and I liked how that it brought had me actually back. ultimately had plot significance, too. Yeah. That, you know, that's why there were so few people in the hospital and so few cops showing up when there's a killer right. taking all these people out in the hospitals. Because they're all busy dealing with, you know, the panic of Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember that New Year's Eve. We didn't go me into too. the city that year for, you know, because normally we go to San Francisco for for. Uh huh. But that year we didn't because we were like, what if shit gets crazy and we can't kick back across the bridge? (laughs) (laughs) And then it was fine. (laughs) I know. And then nothing happened. It was okay. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was just a really fun little time capsule of a movie in that it took place in a certain time. Like I said, it kind of spoke the language of a certain time and then also felt like it could be plucked from that time. Yeah, definitely. I really love just how slowly the chaos built. Yes. Too, because the pace it, of it is quite good. Yeah, because it gets really crazy in the last maybe half hour. But mm-hmm. leading up to that, it's a little bit slower. But I thought the way they did it was kind of perfect. And right. all the scenes of Regina running around the hospital when she's covered in blood and puke and trying to like turn her body so that nobody sees it. I mean, it's all so good and that so funny. Is, talk about physical comedy. Her yes. avoiding getting the bloody barfy front <laughs> yeah. scene by the one actual good nurse who I was know. not in on things. I know it's just it's just so funny and her lying to the nurses about how she works there and like (laughs) uh, just it's just hilarious and I love her ending bit too right so 
Right. They're like, you can't wear that. You got to take it off because she's covered in blood and puke. So she takes off her top and takes off her bottoms. But of course, she's not wearing underwear because (laughs) she used them to hold the bladder. And then she just walks off into the sunset. (laughs) One of the things that usually with these sort of everything spinning out of control movies is there's points in it where I'm so annoyed by people making poor decisions Mm -hmm. that I stop enjoying the movie. And even though this movie has some of that, I never felt that frustration. No, I didn't either. And I don't know if it was just because the overall sort of vibe of the movie was a little zany so that you were not frustrated by people doing dumb things or if the dumb things that they did. I don't know. I don't know why exactly I didn't feel that way. But if that's something that frustrates you typically in these type of movies, I didn't experience that. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the tone and also the fact that Angela Bettis's character is trying to make decisions that make sense to try to keep mm-hmm. all of this under wraps. And you know why Regina is making dumb decisions because she's just like a she's fruit bat, a, you know? She's a dumb, dumb, bless yeah. her dumb, dumb heart. Angela Bettis is so good in this. I just love her. She's always been delightfully bizarre. Mm-hmm. As much as this movie is about things spinning out of control she's the most grounded that she's been in things that i've seen there's none of that weird sort of tweeness here yeah she she's very much playing kind of like a salt of the earth woman who has really seen it all done it all been through some shit has grit and determination even if you know her goals aren't the loftiest. <laughs> and that kind of combination makes her super likable, even though the stuff that you are watching her do is totally heinous. Right. I should have ambiguity about how I feel about her character, but I don't at all. Right. Like, I just I'm wanted them all to get board. away with it, you know? Right? Even Regina, who yeah. is cutting up teenagers and, and forcing bleach <laughs> into the old men's mouth. <laughs> like, she's, she's a monster, and yet I'm so delighted that she gets away. And <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. The sort of tough guy that shows up and is trying to, you know, get Regina. His rat tail is hilarious. I don't know why. I'm so funny. So delighted by the styling on the cuffs (laughs) in this movie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, so, so good. You know how we we talked about after we saw Blow the Man Down? We're like, make a series. Make a series. Yes, exactly. I'm very invested in these female characters and I want to know more about them. I feel a little bit about that way about this movie as well. Definitely. Because all three of them, Karen, Mandy, and Regina, are all so great and so entertaining. And the the chemistry that all of them had together was really great. So I would definitely love to see more of their stories. The dynamic between Karen and Mandy was a total highlight of the movie for me. I am completely obsessed with uh, the actress's name is... Nakia Gamby Turner. Oh my God, she's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, she is. She has the most stunning smile. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it just like lights up her face. And and she's so witty Mm -hmm. and kind of sardonic throughout that her being that sort of happy when she smiles really worked for me. I just, yeah, I want to know more about their dynamic. Everything's spinning out of control, but they're sort of the core of it. And there's never a moment where she's like, you dumb. You know what I mean? Like they never turn on each other. They always feel, even when things are getting crazy, it feels there's a trust there and a conspiratorialness there that is very winning. Yeah. And they both really keep their heads, even though everything's going crazy around them. Yeah. Angela Bethes needs to be in more things. She really does. I I think all three of these women (laughs) need uh to be in more things. The woman who plays Regina, I was surprised to find out that she's British. Really? Yeah. Wow. She plays a dumbass American. I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, she was great. I think because when she was introduced, you're watching Angela Bettis' character going through withdrawal, and you're just like, wrap it up, wrap it up, let mm-hmm. her go. Let her... So in that moment, I found her irritating, uh, but like my opinion swiftly changed when she came back, and she was just so bonkers. I was like, okay. Yeah, there's something so likable about her, even while she's doing all of these insane things and killing people. <laughs> Yeah, I liked this movie a lot. This is yeah. definitely a contender for the top 10. I know I keep saying that, but... I know, it's going to be hard this year. It's going but... to be harder than you'd think, huh? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be easy, you know, that there right. would just be a few movies. But we found so many really good indie films this year. Mm-hmm. And this would definitely be one of those. Yeah, yeah. So maybe what were some of the things that were not working for you in the movie? Yeah, I just had a couple things. So I thought there were a couple spots where the acting was a little suspect in some yeah. of the side characters. So mm-hmm. for instance, in the beginning, there's this scene where Angela Bettis's character is talking to this young woman whose mother is in the hospital and is yeah. suffering from Alzheimer's or something. And she's very upset. I didn't buy her being upset, though. Right. I thought that was it was very flat and and awkward Mm -hmm. she i thought she did okay in her other scenes where she had less dialogue but this one she had more dialogue and it was a little bit uneven that's where you could feel the micro budget indie vibe where there are a couple there are a couple shaky performances i agree with you yeah so I now know that Mick Foley is a really great guy. So I feel bad yeah. about saying this, but I, mean, I don't he's think not his an acting actor. Was very it's good. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that showed, I think that his character needed to be kind of menacing and intimidating. Right. So you bought the threat. Yeah. I didn't buy the threat. He yeah. seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. You know, when you watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, he's not a good actor. But if <laughs> right. you know him and you like him, you're just like, ah, fuck it. You know? Yeah. And and then you have to kind of, ah, fuck it with Nick Foley. He's not an actor. I'm charmed by him because of who he is, but I agree with you. The performances, he's not an actor, you know? Right. And I thought, if I tried to step on set and do that, yeah, me too. Exactly. So I really liked the mob guy that he sent in, the yes. one with the ducktail that we talking yes. we were talking about. I thought the yes. humor around his character was really great. Yes. But to counter that, I did feel like you needed the other guy to be intimidating. So Right. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the fucking weirdo that found the organs. Oh god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was so funny. I mean, he was funny throughout and I've spent because I care for a family member, I've spent a lot of times in hospitals, and there is always somebody who's the hypochondriac who constantly right. needs attention but from the nurses who are very busy. But you think if they just put him in a bed, yeah, <laughs> none of this shit would happen. I know, but the fact that he comes out at the end just holding these bags full of bloody organs and is like, "I found these. What do I do with them?" <laughs> and Angela Bettis is just like, "Scoot, scoot, scoot." Yeah, let me leave. This is my time to exit. <laughs> that was really funny yeah (laughs) yeah i I agree with your cons i think they were all pretty much just a few kind of shaky performances because i felt the writing was strong i felt the pacing was strong i thought the visual language was strong yeah but yeah i think where you felt that it was a little indie was in some of these side characters all the core actors were great really great comedic timing yes angela bettis always amazing totally unselfconscious performance but yeah there were a couple song characters over yeah so other than a couple spots of bad acting and like i said the bad guy needing to be more intimidating i loved the rest of it yay another fun one (laughs) (laughs) awesome so overall you would recommend 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And if you're somebody who's been following along with us and watching all these movies and you needed a break from some of the other ones that yeah. are much more emotionally intense, this yeah. is a great break to have. Definitely. I agree. Totally. I had a good run this week. There was a handful of movies and every single one of them was fun. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So I watched, what else did you watch? Well, I watched The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I watched right. Save Yourselves. Oh. And I watched something else, but I can't think of what it was. And then this. like This was like either four, the fourth or fifth movie in a row where I was like, this shit was fun. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, because I'm sure we're going to get into delving into some dark territory soon enough. Probably. But, yeah. This one was just sort of light and gleefully gory. Again, yes. like I said, it felt like something from the 90s. Early Tarantino is not a great comparison. It's the one that's coming to mind right now, but mm -hmm. in the way that it just sort of delights in really fucked up people and yeah. doing gruesome things. and Like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, and having no desire to validate or yep. moralize around why they're doing these things. That was kind of a staple of that era. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I would agree with you. Absolute recommend for me too. I've already recommended it to people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, all right. Well, if you watch this movie or you have something you think we should watch and you have some thoughts or whatever the case may be, feel free to drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can review us on iTunes if you're liking the show. And if you are looking for something to watch this weekend or really anytime, it doesn't have to be a weekend, you should head on over to the Zombie Girls website and check out our VOD calendar where we keep a running calendar of all the horror and sort of horror adjacent films that are streaming and currently on video on demand that you should be checking out and yeah uh i know you can also find us on facebook so come hang out with us there all right so i guess that just leaves our plan for the next episode ariel you are in charge of programming next week are we going dark or are we staying light what is the plan well, I'm not positive, but I think we're staying pretty light. We're going to be watching The Craft Legacy. Ooh, this is the sequel to The Craft. It I'm is, sure it will yeah. totally hold up and we're not going to have any criticisms <laughs> at all. <laughs> we're not going to have really strong feelings and like, of course not. Neither of us love the original. The 90s. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm I'm excited about watching it, but also definitely trepidatious. I am afraid it's not going to be any good. So Does we'll it see. Help at all that it's a sequel versus a remake? Yeah, me too. I don't know yeah. why, but there's something about the original staying preserved. Right. Exactly. I agree. As opposed to being like, we're just going to update this old movie. You know? Yeah. I which don't know. We love so much. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to, I have not watched The Craft actually in quite a few years. So I think I'm going to watch The Craft and then watch that. Yeah. Which may be definitely. a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm uh... going to do it anyway. <laughs> I'm excited. I, this is something I'm really looking forward to. A woman is directing it. Maybe they'll get it some interesting ideas. I haven't seen any reviews, which is worrisome. We'll see. Who knows? It might be amazing. It probably will not be. But. I but we're going to talk about it anyways. Find <laughs> out. And we're going to be fair, but also hopefully it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right, Ariel, you want to take us out? All right. So that's it for another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. Thanks for listening and meet us back here in a couple of weeks for our review of The Craft. Legacy. Legacy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <everybody. laughs>